Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah, checking in with you. How are you? And what have your travels had you up to lately? Oh, well, hello, Nino. Hello to all the listeners. Oh, travels. Um, We, as of, you know, it's always interesting when we record, uh, maybe our listeners know, we record and then the episodes aren't necessarily released for some time um, down the road. So a couple weeks ago, we went to the Renaissance Festival. We were still in Arizona and um, checked out the Renaissance Festival. And it was interesting because I've... I used to go to the Renaissance Festival in Colorado all the time. And so there were a ton of similarities, but also a lot of differences. And it was just interesting to see, um, you know, to see both of those. And one little side note with that, I always remembered the Renaissance Festival food. And this is not picking on them. This is just my perspective. It always felt like it was so costly to go with tickets and food and we thought it was very reasonably priced <laughs> um, when we went uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so maybe it's just been an attitude shift or a perspective shift because the world is very different now than it was, you know, the last time when we used to go in Colorado. And maybe prices have changed, but it's just interesting uh, to look at your perspective and how you used to think about something specific, right? And then you reevaluate it or you go again, you try it again and how your perspective has changed. Um, so that was an interesting little time of reflection for me. And, and, and um, yeah, it's just. I can't help but wonder if part of that perspective change is knowing a little bit about yours and your husband's journey And how now you have like, you're traveling. And so you have money set aside for travel for experiences and whatnot. I I believe you even call it an experience fund. Mm -hmm. So um, with that in mind, I wonder how much of that perspective is different because it's planned for and because you have money set aside for these experiences. So when you go, you get to enjoy the experience and you're concerned less about Mm -hmm. how much the turkey leg is costing you because a couple of friends in, in in our family went either last year or the year prior, and I remember thinking that that turkey leg was ridiculously expensive, but I also didn't <laughs> necessarily plan for much beyond the tickets to get us in that I was like, ooh, when I got there and it was my first experience, I was like, my goodness, this stuff seems to be really expensive. So I wonder how much of that may be that you planned for it differently. Um, you know, I think there's probably a, I don't know how much, maybe 50%, maybe just I'll give it a 50% because we, we do have that. And I'm going to use the word freedom here because we do have our experience fund. And so we're, we're always intentional with how we spend the money, but also not in a way that we hold ourselves back. If it's something that we really want, we know that we've got the money, you know, to do it. Um, but we're very intentional with, you know, spending that. We don't go hog wild on anything. I think the other, truthfully, the other 50% is um, that I'm just in a maybe a different headspace because when we used to go before, 
I did plan and we did take money to go, right? And so I did plan. We knew that we were going, but I'm in a very different headspace. And so I think about money very differently now. And um, I think that that's a portion of it. Um, I do think too that prices have been adjust, but adjusted because I'm used to things being higher priced now. Groceries have gone up, gas has gone up, you know, all of these things have gone up. And so in my view with traveling and everything else, I think it felt very reasonable um, because prices have just gone up in, in so many areas. And, and um, so I think it's a, a combination of a lot of those. Yep. When you're paying $28 for a carton of eggs, that $12 <laughs> turkey leg seems like it's really reasonably priced. Right. Obviously, I am being wildly <laughs> um, facetious and, and, and exaggerating, but uh, yeah, there you have it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for, as always, sharing that um, perspective with us. You know, Yes, we record a little bit earlier earlier than when this is released, but we know that this is going to be released in April. April is Financial Literacy Month, so welcome to the continuation of Financial Literacy Month. If you caught our last episode, uh, we introduced you, kind of like invited you into this month. And so with financial literacy being at the core of what we wanted to talk about, um, which I mean, it's always what we're talking about, but also specifically tied to habits and behaviors I know today we want to talk about automating finances and kind of like, what do we mean when we say that? Um, why would anybody do that? What are some of the benefits? And what are some of the things to be kind of mindful and aware of? But, uh, you know, there, there's a, a great deal to unpack as to like, what do we even mean? So automating finances, if you would, Sarah, start us off by letting our listeners know, what do we mean when we say automate finances? What are we even talking about? Mm. Well, I kind of define it in terms of taking some of the day-to-day -day activities out um, and making it the flow a little bit easier. So it takes some of my time away from the day-to-day -day, um, tasks and um, you know, putting it so I don't have to necessarily spend so much time on it. So think of, <clears throat> I'm sure our audience knows, you know, a lot of things are automated in today's world. So it's kind of the, the same principle, right? So taking some of the, some of the guesswork out, some of the tedious, um, you know, day-to-day hands-on energy and time out of the process because you kind of like set it and it's, it's done going forward. My one of my favorite sayings: "Set it and forget it." <laughs> I I was just sitting down with a client last week, um, and one of his goals for 2023 is to fully fund his Roth IRA, and he knows exactly how much he's allowed to contribute to max it out. He took that number, divided it by 26. That's how much he needs to contribute every single paycheck, and he's all like, "You know, I logged on the other day, and I have it." auto drafting out of my account on this day every single month. So set it and forget it. So this is just, you know, one of many examples of automating something. He has a savings goal, you know, a savings slash investing goal. And he's like, this is what I'm going to do to automate that piece of it. So I don't have to like schedule the transfer, you know, every single month or every time I get paid. 
And I love what um, you said there. So I just want to pull that out for all of our listeners is that he had a goal. So he, he was very intentional with setting um, the, the transfers, right? Very intentional mm-hmm. with the automation part because he knew what he was working towards. So um, I just want to pull that little piece out that um, and recognize that that's a big part of automation is ro- focusing on your goals and why do you want it, right? What is the purpose of the automation? Yes, which I want to trans transition to the purpose in just a second, but I want to, like, I even want to like double and triple down on what you just said too about this this gentleman's intentionality and how mm-hmm. it was something that was discussed, thought through, numbers were crunched, and then a decision to automate was was made. So often nowadays we automate parts of our finances just because we don't really have a, a different option. So let me give an example. If you sign up for Netflix, it's going to automatically charge your account every single month. You don't really have a different option. And so sometimes we do this to ourselves where we, we join the gym and we get two or three um, uh, streaming services and we have you know the, the extra storage for you know Apple iCloud or, or, or Google Drive. And all of a sudden, we've committed some automation to our finances um, not as intentionally. There might have been some intent, like I know that my budget can ha- handle it and I want this service. But as soon as you signed up for it, you had to automate. That is true. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but I just want to I, I just want to throw this out there that the reason why businesses do that is so that they can guarantee to get paid on time. Right. And so there's there's a point that when you look at it from both angles, right, businesses do that. Some businesses do that. So they know that they're getting paid the same day on time. The same goes for our personal finances that we know we can guarantee that these bills are being paid the same day every month. Right. And so it's um, there's some really good benefits, too. And and um it's just nice to, to look at the whole process of it, I think, Nino. So um, when we do automate and we do think about, you know, let's, what is the purpose of it? Let, what are the benefits? And then what do we need to be, you know, kind of aware of looking at the whole picture of it on all angles? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the purpose. Tell me why. Why would anybody want to automate or what is the purpose of automating certain aspects of our finances? Mm. Well, I kind of use the term um, with automating of, you know, pay yourself first. You know, we hear the pay yourself first term out in the marketplace. I use it a lot when I'm working with clients in terms of automation um, to make sure that we're funding our peace of mind fund, um, to make sure that we are contributing to retirement accounts and the purpose of that is, is because we've got a goal where we want to be intentional. What I find is, is if we don't automate some of these things, they kind of get thrown to the wayside. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, if I get to the end of the month, if I've got an extra $100, I'm going to put it into my savings account. Well, how about we be very intentional about that and we automate that transfer so you're doing what you tell yourself you're actually going to do. So you're really following your vision and your goal. So purpose is, is taking again, some of the guesswork out. 
um, setting it and forgetting it again, um, mm -hmm. and being really intentional with your money. The word for me that comes to mind is commitment. So again, I go back to the gentleman who's like, he just automated his uh, Roth uh, IRA contributions every month or every paycheck. Um, he is committed to that goal. And to your point, what he doesn't want to have happen is that he gets his money in, he kind of makes a plan for it. And because he hasn't taken that money out yet, right? He's got some other traveling goals that he, he wants to do and has some things that he wants to experience. And he might lose sight of the Roth in in favor of what's right in front of him. Oh, there's this music festival coming up. And so I want to go to that. And, and I have enough in a surplus and in discretionary money to do that. Oh, but it means not funding the Roth the full time this time. Yeah, but I want this. He doesn't want to get into like a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he doesn't want to have to decide which one's more important because he's already decided the Roth should always win out. So I'm just going to do that automatically. I'm going to pretend as if that money doesn't exist so that when I want to do these other things competing, that's the C word I was looking for <laughs> just a moment ago. He doesn't want to have these competing um, uh, conversations around like which one should he do? So he knows I've said it and forget it. The Roth is going to be fully funded. That is my number one priority. It's my commitment beyond the other stuff in the budget. Of course, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to suggest that he's doing that before like putting food on the table. He's like with his discretionary in income, he wants this to happen first. Then he wants to be able to enjoy music festivals and some travel and other things afterwards. So commitment and, and not having to have these competing goals um, challenge that commitment. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you know, what um, came to mind when you were just sharing that is that I think it, part of automating, you know, the, the purpose of it is really because I talk a lot about values, you know, and what brings value and, and how do, are we spending our money according to values? Automating really falls into that values part too, because like your client, you know, that retirement contribution, that sounds like it falls really high up on his values list, right? And so he makes mm -hmm. that a priority. And so it's really about, um, automating it again. So it's taken some of the guesswork out. It's not, um, I would say current self is really strong. Future self is going to be weak, right? And that's <laughs> where some of those competing, um, commitments or competing, um, um, opportunities come about. Right. And so when you really look at, um, how can I make sure that my future self is strong too, I can mm -hmm. automate my finances. Yeah. And as we're talking about future self, just real quick, because when you said future self, you know, so often our future self gets really mad at our current self. I mean, think about your current <laughs> self and your past self. You're like, man, for me, I know there's like, I was just having this conversation again yesterday with my wife where I'm all like, there's not much that I would do differently in my life, but there are two financial decisions that I made throughout my lifetime that I just wish I didn't make those decisions that way. Nothing I can do about them now. Lesson learned. Okay, let's just not repeat past mistakes. Anyway, the real story I wanted to bring up is yet another 
client who uh, is younger. Uh, in this case, she's in her, her mid-20s, and she's in a position right now where um, she can automate some retirement savings as well, but this time through a 401k at work. And we were talking kind of about like what her budget can kind of afford. And, and I was t- expressing the, the benefit of if you can um, commit to a percentage right now, then as your pay increases or because you're hourly, as you put in more hours, you'll also be putting more into retirement and uh, just excited for her. She decided that her budget can handle and she's just going to commit 15% now in her mid twenties to retirement. And we, we calculated some numbers and based off of what she makes right now, if she never made more money, she'd still be um, a multimillionaire by by uh, retirement age, just because she has time on her side. And so I go back to that C word, commitment. She's making a commitment to not only contribute to retirement, but to contribute a percentage so that as her, her, um, her pay goes up, her contributions go up, and that's just another way that she's automating her life. Like, I don't have to calculate it. I don't have to figure out, oh, I had more money this particular paycheck, so let me put more into my retirement. I've automated that process, and it's being taken care of for me. I love it. You know, as we're talking, I'm wondering, and and uh, I'm just going to say this isn't something that we necessarily planned before when we were talking about this episode, but do you think we could talk about a few ways to automate or a few um, categories to automate because some of our listeners might not, um, maybe they might not know or, or can we throw out a couple? Yeah. I know we've talked about, you know, like retirement and we've talked about our peace of mind fund, but maybe we could just throw out a couple of other ways to automate or a couple of other categories or areas that people automate their finances to give our listeners a, maybe a different viewpoint. Maybe they haven't thought of some of these areas that they can automate their finances. Yeah, I, I, I think that'd be great. I think, you know, as you said, we, we identified a couple of maybe uh, more uh, traditional automations like s- setting a transfer between your checking account and your, your savings account so that you are funding your peace of mind fund and, and you have money at the ready when there's, quote, an emergency. Um, there are payroll deductions like a 401k or, or even after you get paid like the IRA that you could set that up. But there's other payroll deductions. Not that I would necessarily, well, it's taxes. Mm-hmm. How much you pay in taxes is automatically taken out of your check. And so, you know, adjusting that up or down as needed to make sure that mm-hmm. the right amount is going to the IRS so that you don't have to pay um, additional taxes at tax time, but also not having so much taken out that you're getting a large refund every year, unless you're intentionally sending extra because you want that refund for other things. But we have another episode on that a couple of episodes back where I, I, I go on and on about how I think that's a bad idea. So check that out. Uh, <laughs> but what else are you thinking, Sarah? Well, I think some other areas to automate are, you know, some utilities, for example, you know, if there's some budget billing options, you know, that's an automated um, 
area, you know, an, an area for automation within your budget. And so get on maybe some budget billing or a lot of times with maybe your cell phone provider, it actually gives you a discount if you put it on automatic um, payments and automatic billing. So those are some areas that we can automate finances. Um, insurance, a lot of times, you know, car insurance, um, mm-hmm. you can choose to automate. Now for Um, which is an interesting thing, just a little side note, for me to pay monthly and have it automatically deducted with my car insurance, they actually charge me more for that. Um, And so just being aware of um, what that looks like. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I think another area of automating our finances is, um, you know, not so much specifically with the cash envelopes, but certainly with the digital envelopes that we've talked about. And if you guys haven't heard that episode there, um, go back in the archives, um, you know, past episodes, because we've really dug into that. But if you're automatically, you have those transfers set up within your main checking account to automatically transfer the funds to your digital envelopes, you know, the separate accounts. I consider that a um, an automation because you're doing it automatically. You just know, hey, it's done. So the next time you're going and getting fuel, you know, that money you know is in that account for that purpose. So another way to automate. Yep. And, and I would like to highlight two of those that you already mentioned, but like really give concrete examples of I am a huge fan of budget billing. So our electricity bill is based off of budget billing. And I know that this time of year when it's cooler outside and I'm not running the AC, I'm missing out on the opportunity of paying less. But I'm also hedging against out here in Arizona, May, June, July, August, (laughs) September of constantly running the air conditioner to keep the house cool. And so um, being able to lock in at one price for the entire year, it saves me from those high $300 bills. It it keeps me from benefiting from the $95 bill in December and January. But I would take the consistent payment every Mm -hmm. month for 12 months over these high highs and these low lows. And it just keeps things nice and simple for, for my family and our budget. So I love budget billing for that reason. And then, as you said, like digital envelopes, I think I've shared on past episodes, uh, the wife and I uh, have a separate checking account that we put in money for gas and routine maintenance on the car so that we could use a separate debit card at the pump. This was all established when we had babies and I wasn't gonna ask my wife to get the babies out of the car, to walk into the gas station, to prepay the pump. So how could we use, quote, cash at the pump, have a separate account, use it like a digital envelope? And then uh, we also automatically funded that with the money, you know, every time we got paid. So two great examples of how to automate in ways that you might not have otherwise been thinking. Yeah, and what I heard, too, that that sounds like there's a lot of benefits as well, right, to, to automating. And I know that we just um, mentioned a couple there. Um, but I think it's worth really highlighting all the benefits to automation um, with our finances. And I'll be honest, I 
I have a lot of automation in my finances now, but that wasn't always the case because I didn't see a lot of benefits with it. So it's going to be interesting maybe to have this conversation here um, because I didn't recognize a lot of the benefits for a long time. So do tell, what are some of those benefits <laughs> that you didn't necessarily realize before, but you're starting to realize um, help you and, and benefit you now? Mm -hmm. Well, the one is the consistency within each month. So the consistency with when are things getting paid? Um, because before, when I did not have things as automated, it was a lot of work. It was frankly a little tedious. You know, when am I paying this? When am I paying that? I don't have enough money now. I have to wait. And part of it comes back to not having a good plan in place. I want to, you know, throw that out there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a good plan in place. But <clears throat> it also, I... I I felt way more stressed out. I felt way more stressed out. And so one of the benefits for me is definitely relieving some stress. Um, and, and knowing that I can have more consistency within my monthly money plan, you know, budget. Mm -hmm. I really like that consistency. Um, and especially when you get your money plan in place, the benefits of automation, I think, are huge because you know exactly when things are being paid, what paycheck is taking care of each expense, and it just relieves so much of the, the I'm going to say focus, because I was hyper-focused on it, and that caused a lot of stress and a lot of overwhelm, and so when you can focus on it in a way that's positive but not hyper-focused on some of these things, um, benefits are huge. Yeah. I've noticed when sitting down with clients, that happens a lot where um, at first it, things seem to be kind of chaotic or, you know, so they're constantly checking balances of checking account or whatever. And, and they're constantly looking like, is this bill due here? And like, when does that one need to be paid? And, and it, it's just very chaotic. And then as we implement a plan that says, here's when you have money coming in. These are the things that are due between now and the next time you have money coming in and you just kind of build a plan off of money coming in, bills that need to be paid before the next um, the next paycheck comes in, whatever. All of a sudden, you start to get that consistency you were talking about and you start to reduce the stress. And what's really wild is after a couple of um, sessions with, with a client, that if I'm like, so, hey, how did the last... You know, normally I, I, I sit down with clients on or around payday. So if somebody's paid twice a uh, month, every other week, it's like, hey, how did the last 14 days go? And they're like, it went, not only did it go really well, I haven't even really thought about my money over the last 14 days because we put a plan in place. I went and executed that plan. Some of that plan is automated. And so I wasn't consumed with thoughts about where are my finances? How are my finances? I put a plan in place. The plan got executed. Here I am meeting with my coach two weeks later and things went swimmingly. Let's do it again. Let's plan for another 14 days and, and, and make it happen all over again. Mm, I love that. I love that. See, and it just, it's really that flow of money, right? It just brings in the peace with it. It brings in some more confidence and just how beneficial some automation can be within our budget. I think that, um, 
I think that we take it for granted a little bit too much um, of what automation can really do and the true benefits of it within our, our budgets. Yeah. Now, of course, there are certainly benefits, and I agree 100%, like reduces stress and whatnot. But sometimes we have to be a little bit careful. Sometimes automation can leave us in a place where maybe we weren't as mindful as we should be. So it's interesting. I just said, like, you don't have to think about it as much, but you do still have to think about it. At, you know, every once in a while and really kind of map things out and keep that plan going. That plan's an ongoing forever thing. That's a living, breathing organism in and of itself. It, that doesn't, you don't like set it one time and be like, okay, that's my plan for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> a plan for 14 days. It's a plan for 30 days, depending on your, your pay periods. So what are some of the things that we should be cautious about or aware of when we're automating our fi finances so that it doesn't, we can, Reduce the stress, but we don't become completely mindless. Mm. Well, I say don't automate just to automate, right? Mm. Don't automate just because you don't want to, um, you know, do some tracking or just because you don't want to have to think about things. That is, that's the opposite of the benefit that it provides, right? Mm. So it's about being really intentional with your money. And so if you're automating just so you don't have to think about things, I think you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Mm. Um and with that rude awakening, oftentimes it comes overdraft fees um, because we get paid and we forget that our insurance bill is due on the 16th and I got paid on the 15th um, and I went and I spent a bunch of money and now, shoot, now I don't have enough for my insurance, right? And so um, some kind of some, some things to be aware of, some drawbacks are um, not being intentional because it can lead to, um, you know, some overdrafts or things being paid late. Um, and I think that really leads into some complacency with our money. You know, I think mm. it gives people, we use it as an excuse to not pay attention when really that's the last thing that you should be doing. I certainly want you to be very aware and very intentional with your money, but that doesn't mean that you have to give it a ton of attention, right? Intention mm -hmm. and attention are very different things. And so you can be very intentional with automating and it, you don't have to pay as much attention necessarily, but don't do it just to avoid putting attention to your money. Yeah. It's interesting. We're, we're throwing around like a lot of different terms and I love it because like we're, earlier we're talking about like commitment and we're talking about um, consistency and now we're talking about like complacency. So it, it's like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to give up. You don't want to gain consistency, but then also render complacency. Like, mm. you know, so um, it goes back to being mindful. It goes back to being intentional. Um, but certainly you don't want to fall victim to be becoming complacent. Um, I've seen it too, where, um, automating for just for the sake of automating and somebody might have like, they're like, okay, so after my paycheck, I have this reoccurring transfer from my checking account to my savings account. Cause I'm going to save that piece of mind fund. But they did that without doing the rest of the plan. And so then they do the rest of the plan and they're like, well, now I'm transferring some or all of that same money back from the savings account 
back to the checking account. And it's like that that's one of those things that should be a clear indication that you didn't necessarily, you weren't as intentional as you could have been and you didn't create a plan that truly worked, right? I think one of the reasons budgets get a bad rap is because one, of course, a lot of people think that they're super restrictive. You can tell your budget to spend your money however you want. It's the follow through. It's the intentionality and the planning and, and creating a plan that actually works. When your plan says, I'm only going to spend $25 this month on food, but I'm going to spend $1,500 to go on this trip. Like that's not a plan that's going to work. I don't know who's eating, you know, an entire month for $25. So like we have to be realistic and we have to build a plan that actually works. And then we got to go work the plan. Absolutely. And, and really using the automation as a part to work your plan, right? And I don't believe you can have automation until you have your plan in place because you don't know what to automate, right? right. I don't really know what to automate until I have my plan written and I know where I want everything to be happening within each billing period. Yep. Agreed. You know, um, it, it goes back to like even that example I just gave about like, I'm going to transfer this money from my checking account to my savings account so that I'm saving. Yeah, but you didn't do the rest of your plan, so you don't even know if you truly have the funds to do that. Or if you want to start with saving as, like, a top priority, then you do that, and now let's budget the rest of your money to, to see if you can build a plan that you can actually sustain. And so uh, you're absolutely right. Got to get that plan in place first and then say, okay, this $250 that I want to put over into my savings account, now that I see that it works and I, all the math works, now I can implement the automatic transfer. Mm -hmm. And you know when you want those to happen, right? Mm -hmm. You know, does it happen on payday? Does it happen the following Monday? Does it happen, you know, when does it happen? So it really gives you... Um, you know, and I use this word control. So here's another word, you know, it, it puts me in control of saying, okay, when is this happening? You know, so mm -hmm. automation allows you to decide and to be in control of when things happen within your, your money plan too. And um, I think that's where people feel a lack of control a lot of times. And so automation can definitely be a benefit. It can also be, you know, something to be, um, you know, cautious about too, you know, you get to decide when your billing dates are a lot of times. You get to decide when these automations happen. And and um, the only way to get a clear picture is having that plan in place first. Yep. And to that end, I want to give an example of like maybe there's a place in my budget that I'm just not interested in automation. And it's because not that I'm necessarily worried, but there's I have this habit of mine that I, I prefer it this way. And so... I think about something like my mortgage. Of course, the mortgage is due on the first every single month, right? But when you're paid bi-weekly, you're not paid right on the first. So in fact, like you're usually paid, you know, um, anywhere between like three and seven days before the first of the month. And it's like, so this money's just kind of sitting in the account. So for me, I don't like to do automation on the mortgage because when I get that paycheck in, I'd rather just schedule the payment right then and there to mm -hmm. pay my mortgage, even though I might be doing it on like the, the 24th of a month mm -hmm. and it's not due until the first. I just want, I want it paid. I want to make sure like 
nothing goes haywire. I'm not accruing any like late fees because, you know, maybe there was a bank holiday or whatever. Right. So that's one of those areas where I, I decide I intentionally decide not to automate because I'd rather the moment I get paid on that Friday, I'm just I'm scheduling the payment online to go through within the next business day. And then it's it's a done deal. So, um, mm. you know, there's there's that part of it, too, where, like, you can consciously make a decision not to automate something because you want a little bit more of that control that you were just talking about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, we have most of our things automated now. Everything that can be is mm. um, because that's our life, you know, but it always hasn't hasn't always been that way. And so here's another point that you can choose at what periods of time, what seasons of life you're in what you want to automate and what you don't just because you've had it on maybe automatic payments, you know, those had something set up before doesn't mean you need to keep it there going forward. Right. You know, your life is different. So feel, um, feel into it and recognize what is working and what isn't, where can I maybe change some of my automations? You know, what needs to change so I can feel better going forward. Yeah. And that brings me to a final point that I didn't, you just, it just kind of sparked this, this idea. And that is sometimes you find that like some of your automation, let's say like your car insurance, some of that automation falls in the pay period that like, if you're paid every two weeks, it's like, man, this pay period is just getting slaughtered with like the mortgage and the car payment and, and, and the car insurance. And so some of this automation, you can also call and, and ask for the automate the, the, automatic payment date to be changed to a different time in the month. And so sometimes when you're looking at automation and you're like, I would like to automate it, but that date doesn't work for me. So I think about like car insurance. And so you might think to yourself, like it's due on the eighth. I get paid on the 10th. I can't have them take it out on the eighth, but I'll pay it on the 10th. Like instead of doing that and, and paying it late, call the car insurance company, say, I would rather this be drafted on the 15th of the month. And so then that way it, it's coming out of like, or, you know, even later, whatever, but you switch up the, the automatic payment date. And that's just another way that you get to control when that automation takes place. I love it. And, and I just want to highlight, you know, what we haven't necessarily said um, throughout this episode in these exact words, but use this truly as a way to help you reach your goals, to really get where you want to go financially, be very intentional with it. Um, but, but be aware of what's happening in your money as well. Um, you know, take the time to put your plan together and, um, you know, automate where you can. And if it doesn't feel right right now, then don't, right? Um, but use it in a way that really is a benefit to you. Um, you know, that's, I, I just want people to really look at that and see what works and what doesn't. And if it doesn't, then change it. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, another great conversation in the books. I want to remind our listeners that, uh, they can schedule time with Sarah or myself by visiting our show notes. We will both offer a free discovery session. So sit down with one of us and talk about your money plan and where automation would work for you and where 
Maybe you have some automation that's not working for you currently. Um, also visit newmoneyhabits.com. We have a number of different resources uh, like calculators and budget worksheets there uh, for you to use. Um, always a great conversation with you, Sarah. I appreciate you taking the time and we will continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.